One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves to the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord said, asked Satan, where have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and says, stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, said the Lord to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Joseph's home with the news. Your oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the Horians. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with his news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders had stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in the oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up. He tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave to me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. One day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser Satan came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. And the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his life but reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, do with you, him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among ashes. His wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But God replied, Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Thank you, Roger.
We are entering a new study today, a study from the book of Job, Life as It Really Is. Job is reputed to be, some scholars believe that it was the earliest book of the Bible written. It is an amazing story, and we started probably six verses late, because what, is, what was contained in the first five verses, I can sum up in three words. Job was a man of riches, righteousness, and regard. He was held in high regard. He was a righteous man. He was also a rich man. But what you've heard then from, from Roger in the Scriptures, we've read in the Scriptures, is what happened um, following that. One of the things that I want to point out to you, if indeed this book, the book of Job, is the oldest book of the Bible, the earliest book written, then it is a revelation of who God really is. Now, the whole book has to do with Job and his friends and who his friends say that Job, or who his friends say that God really is. And I'll give you a, a tip. It's written in your worship guide. I would challenge you to read the book of Job this week. I'm not going to ask how many of you have ever read the entire book of Job, but I would challenge you this week. It takes about 90 minutes for most people to read the entire book. And I would challenge you during this week, you don't have to do it in a day or even in one sitting. Uh, you'll gain a lot if you do that. But just read the book of Job. But I'll tell you a secret. Before you finish chapter 1 or about the end of chapter 1, skip over to the last chapter and read where God says to Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, Job's friends, you have not spoken the truth about me the way Job has. That becomes a key to understanding all the discussions through the whole book. Every time you read what Eliphaz says, just know he's wrong. Every time you read what Bildad says, he's wrong. Every time you read what Zophar says, he's wrong. And I'll go ahead and tell you ahead of time, I would tell you in a couple of weeks, but... When you read what that young guy says who speaks out of anger and speaks out of place, he's wrong. They're all wrong about God. And God uses Job to tell the ancients and to tell you and me what he is really like. And that's what I want to talk about. This whole series is going to be life as it really is according to to the book of Job. We're going to talk about different things. That's what the picture of the signpost, that signpost shows you the different subjects that we're going to talk about at, in life as it really is. But for this morning, who do you think God really is? Who do you think God really is? God reveals himself as he really is in the book of Job. And for us, Melody, we cannot accurately worship God 
and please God, we cannot glorify Him totally unless we understand Him who God really is. And I will say my conclusion from the beginning. Let God be God and quit trying to put Him in a box and make God who you think He ought to be. Number one, because He alone is God even when we do not understand Him. Now, one of the things that you'll see very quickly from the book of Job is it's hard to explain why God does what He does in the book of Job. Okay, another secret to understanding the book. At no point in the entire book, Job, does God explain to Job what's going on. He just... Job to prove his faith in God and he never explains what's going on that Satan is behind this and that God is doing this in a way that he will be glorified Job never understands why this is happening but you know what even when you and I do not understand God is still God and he owes us no explanation he alone is God, even when we don't understand. Job understood that. He didn't understand what God was doing, but he knew. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief, and he shaved his head and fell to the ground, I love this, to worship. Don, he had no idea what God was doing, but even though he didn't understand, he knew that God is God, and he worshiped him. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Now his wife said to him, this is in chapter 2, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. There's two lessons in this, and I I really don't have time to explain all this in the few minutes that I'm given, but I don't want you to miss this. Don't let anybody ever tell you that Job deserved bad things to happen to him. If they say that, they have never read the book of Job, or they've read it and totally misunderstood what was being said. Job did nothing to deserve the things that were happening to him. The lesson in that is God allows bad things to happen to good people. Do not miss that. He has, <clears throat> he has His reasons for doing that. But God allows good things to happen to bad people. And God allows bad things to happen to good people. That, By the way, that legalism was the argument that Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar gave through the entire discussion. Only bad things happen to bad people, and if that's not true, then God is not good. And only good things happen to good people, and if that's not true, <clears throat> then God is unrighteous. That's a lie. And that's not 
painting God as He truly is. We don't have to understand God for Him to be God. And we better grasp that. He is, because He is not a God of our own making. You see, too often people say, well, if God is God, then He must be, and, and they paint a picture of God that is not really Him. I'm glad that my God is too big for my imagination and too big for my mind to understand. And if we try to make God who we want Him to be, we are worshiping an idol God, a God of our own making. I will tell you that the world around us today has determined who God must be, and if He does not fit their idea of God, then God does not exist. Let God be God. He is God, whether you understand Him or not, and we need to be careful about making our own image of God. That is idolatry. Job said about God, God stretches the northern sky over the empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. That, that is an amazing picture to me. He wraps the rain in His thick clouds and, and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with His clouds. He created the horizon when He separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at His rebuke. His Spirit made the heavens beautiful, and His power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that He does, merely a whisper of His power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of His power? Who then can stand up to me? God says this of Himself. The other was Job speaking. God says, Who then can stand up to me? Who has given me anything that I need to pay back? Everything under heaven is mine. We need to be careful about creating our own God and our own image of God. Beth Moore has said, We may realize that we have created a God in man's own image who is not God at all. We do not need to take the mystery out of God and put Him in a box. Explain everything. We cannot tame the Lion of Judah. Understand, our God is not a tame God. I, I love, Chris, that in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, when Beaver, Aslan, the Lion of Judah, if you will, walks away, and they say, where is he going? And, they, and Beaver says, he's not a tame lion. Don, too many people have tried to tame God. They've tried to put Him in a box. They've said, He's got to do this. He is not a tame lion. He is not a God in a box. And He's not a God on a leash. If you say, I've done this, therefore God has to do that, you're a legalist. And you 
are wrong. God is not going to be on your leash. He's God. He is not a tame God. And He's not a God that you can manipulate or make do what you wish. Job replied to the Lord. Notice this is all the way in in chapter 42. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. He is not a God on a leash. In fact, no matter what you think of God, He's always more. He's always better. He's always greater. He's always more because He is God and He alone is God, not a God of our own making. Not only of that, but He is a God who is in control even when life seems to be in chaos. He is a God who is in control. You know, that's a good message for COVID and for the season that we're in. You may think that all this is chaos, and we're all wondering at this point, who can we believe? Who can we count on? Somebody says, well, where do we look in our confusion? Look up! Look to God! He can always be trusted. It may seem to be chaos, but I guarantee you that God knows what's going on in your life. And He is in control, and you can trust God. He's a God who is in control, even when life seems to be in chaos. Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. He is in control. Notice, He is aware of what's going on in our lives. I need you to know that. Because I know that some are grieved. Maddie, we have a funeral for Joe Dumas on Tuesday morning at Roller Owen on JFK, and that that consider that the announcement of the funeral. It's it's a time of loss. It's a time of grief. Uh, someone said Wendy said that she lost an aunt this week. Uh, people are being diagnosed, testing positive. Praise God. So far, we've only had two members of our church, as far as I know, to test positive. Praise God. Come on, put your hands together for that. Praise God. But if, if we're all diagnosed as having COVID, God is still in control. He knows what's going on in our lives. He loves us. He cares for us. He is in charge, and I will worship Him. The Bible says, then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? You know, I, I have a, I have a, Roger, I have a little trouble with that. Satan's going around seeing, seeking whom he may devour. He's going around... looking for somebody to put to the test, and God points His finger at Job. Now, Job didn't ask for that. I didn't ask for COVID either. But God knows what He's doing. And He's in control. And Zach, He knows what's going on in our lives. He knows every detail of your life. Pam, He knows it all. He knows it all. 
And He cares for you. Please understand that. Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. God knew Job. And my friend, He knows you. Please do not think that He does not notice what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in your life. It says again in chapter 2, Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. By the way, for those of you who have heard the health and welfare people try to explain away the book of Job, there it is, a man of complete integrity, fears God and stays away from evil, and he has maintained his integrity even though you, Satan, urged me to harm him. Circle that in your Bible, without cause. Job never did anything to deserve what was happening to him. But notice all that God says about him. God knew everything about Job and what was going, going on in his life. I need you to understand, God knows your hurt. God sees your tears. He knows not only what's happening to you, Jonathan, He knows what you're thinking about what's happening to you. And He understands. He loves you. He wants the best for you. Now what is the best for you may not be what you think is the best for you, but it is what God thinks is the best for you. Just know that He knows what's going on in your life, and He has a plan for you. He has a plan. The, both times in chapter 1, verse 8, and in chapter 2, verse 3, the Lord said to Satan, have you, have you noticed my servant Job? God knew what he was doing, Kelly. He had a plan. I will tell you that his plan was to prove Satan to be a liar. Satan had attacked God. You think he attacked Satan? He was attacking God. Mike, he was saying, the only reason jo that Job is worshiping you is because you've been good to him. Now listen to me, people. Would, you, would people say about you that the only reason you worship God is because He's been good to you? What if He allowed something terrible to come into your life and you react badly to it and you turn away from God? What does that say about God? What does that say about your love for God and your faith in God? Faith that has never been tested cannot be trusted. God has a plan. And that plan is for you to glorify Him no matter what happens. Did God get more glory from Job's life when things are going well and he worshipped God? Or Tim, did he get more glory when things were not going well? They were going terrible. But Job still worshipped God. It may not be for our comfort, 
but it may certainly be for God's glory. Please understand that. He is a God who has a plan, and He is in control. He provides protection. Notice that it says, Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich it is. Wanda, I will pray a hedge of protection around somebody if I will, but if I can. But understand, I can't pray the hedge of protection around them. I can only pray that God will put a hedge of protection around Brenda. That God will put a hedge of protection around my kids and around my grandkids. I have prayed again and again that God would put a hedge of protection around Faith Baptist Church. God does at times provide protection, but even when He does not provide protection, He provides limitation. He set firm limits on what Satan could do. And understand this, nothing can happen to you and nothing can happen to me without God's permission. When bad times happen, when bad things come in our lives, when trials and tribulations come in our lives, they are still under God's control. He sets the limit. The devil does not. The Bible says, and this is God speaking to Satan, okay, you can test him. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. That's one twelve, And then in chapter 2, the second time, and, and God says, he's maintained his integrity. God said, well, that's or Satan said, that's because you wouldn't let me touch his flesh. Everybody give anything for their flesh, for their own skin. You let me touch his body, and he'll curse you to your face. Do you see that Satan is attacking God in that? He's not attacking Job. He's attacking God. But God put a limitation on what He could do to Job. You can touch His flesh, but you cannot take His life. I prefer when God builds a hedge. But I take comfort in knowing that if He doesn't build a hedge, He at least builds a fence. And he keeps Satan from crossing the boundaries. Listen, you may not like the term boundaries, but God is the author of boundaries. He has put boundaries on Satan on what he can do to you and me. And Satan is not big enough to overcome God or to cross the boundaries that God sets. We are under the protective hand of God even if He allows Satan as a lion to attack us, He still sets the boundaries on what Satan can do. He is a God who is control, who is in control, who provides protection, who provides limitation on the enemy. 
but he does not always give us an explanation. I don't know how many times, Amber, I read the book of Job before I realized that there's not a single verse in that book where God explains to Job what happened in those halls of eternity, in the halls of heaven. He never explained why Job was under attack. He's God. He does not owe me an explanation of what he's doing. And the truth is, we'll have to wait till we get to heaven to find out what COVID was really all about and why he allowed that. But never forget, he knows what he's doing and he is in control and he loves you. But he does not owe you and he does not owe me an explanation. Then I want you to notice who do you think God really is? This is amazing to think about because He is God. He is the creator of the universe. But Carol, He gets pleasure from our lives. We are the creation. We are the created beings, Estelle. And yet somehow He gets pleasure from our lives even when we don't think it possible. The Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Do you hear the bragging in that? Do you not see God say, man, look at Job. I'm so proud of him. Look at the life he's living. Who do you think that glorifies? Who do you think that gives pleasure? And when you serve God, when you obey God, when you do what God wants you to do, please understand, He gets pleasure from your life. Live a life that pleases God. Live a life that glorifies God. By the way, I'm going to give you another verse in a minute. But I need you to understand what happened in between. I, I'm not going to read all of that. But in, chap, in chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, Job's children died. All of them. Kim, I can't imagine one child dying. My, my mind, my heart won't go there. Some of you have experienced that. Imagine all of your children dying in a single day. And on that same day, all of your workers, the people who work for you, die. Not only that, but all of your flocks and your herds, everything you possess, all your possessions are taken away, stolen. But here's the question. We know in chapter 2, we're told that even after all that, that Job did not sin in turning away from God. He still worshipped God. So the question I asked earlier, I ask again, did God get more glory when Job worshipped Him in the good times, or did He get more glory when He worshipped Him in the bad times? What will you do? in these difficult days, when the days get worse, when there are worse trials. You say there might be worse than COVID. 
Yeah, well, nobody here's been through this. Not all of that all at the same time in a single day. What will you do when the God who gave you the things and the ones that you have, what if He takes them away? Will you worship Him then? That is when God gets His greatest glory. I want you to notice about God. Who do you think God really is? For one thing I need you to understand, He's a God who is not threatened even when we complain. I don't have time, Teresa, to read all of chapter 3. I hope you're going to read the book of Job. But in Peter, in chapter 3, Job curses the very day that he died. Um, I, I smile sometimes, Terry, when I read that because he said, I'm not very good at cursing. Well, he's a righteous man, right? He said, I need to find somebody who's, who's good at cursing. And, and, and Joe, I thought about a sailor. Sailors are reputed to be great cursers. Yeah, so, so what he's saying is, I need a sailor to come and curse the day I was born. I'm not adequate with my curse words to do it. I need a marine, Mike, to, <clears throat> to come and curse the day that I was born. I mean, you, you, we're laughing, but you need to read chapter 3. I mean, you talk about crying out to God. I don't understand why is this happening. He never cursed God, David, but He cursed the day He was born. He said, why wasn't I still born? Why was I ever born? Why did anybody ever celebrate? Why did anybody ever sing happy birthday to me? It'd been better if I'd never been born. Chapter 3 is pretty rough. That may be the roughest chapter in all the Bible to read. But you know what? God was still God. God was still God. Susan, we would have an idea that God would have struck him dead for saying that. But listen, God is bigger than that. God is not threatened when you cry out to Him and say, why has this happened? Read David. Charles David poured his heart out to God again and again. God is big enough to handle our complaints. Our God is God, and He can handle our outburst. He is not threatened when we complain. He sees what's going on. It's supposed to be going going on in our lives, and He wants to hear from us. He wants you to cry out to Him. He can handle your tears. He can handle your rant. Cry out to God. He knows. He understands. He's listening, and He cares. Who do you think God really is? Our God is God. He is the creator of the universe, and He deserves your worship. He deserves for you to live your life to His glory. He deserves your allegiance. He wants you to know Him as He is. Do you know Him? 
Listen, if you do not know Jesus, if you do not know the God of creation, that's why we're here, to reveal to you from the Word of God who God really is, that you can worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that begins with coming to know Him and have a relationship with Him. You do that by repenting of your sins, by calling on Him in faith, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, the God of creation, that Jesus created the universe, that He came into that universe, stepped into this world of sin as a righteous God and died for our sins on a cruel cross to pay the debt of our sins. We sang that song, Jesus paid it all. He paid for your sins and for mine. And He wants you to trust in Him to receive the gift of salvation which He has already paid for. That's the God that we're talking about. Do you know Him? Are you serving Him? He deserves your worship, and He deserves your service. Come to Him today. Come to know Jesus Christ. Surrender your life that you will live it for His honor and for His glory, and that you will not serve yourself, but you will serve Him. I'm going, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to close in prayer. This is a time of invitation when you can come and give your life to Christ. If there are decisions that you need to make to serve Him, to glorify Him, hear His call and do what He's telling you to do. Father, thank You for Your Word. And I pray for now a movement of Your Spirit in this congregation and even in the homes of those who are watching by live stream. Father, move on hearts. Draw us to worship You in spirit and truth and to surrender our lives to Your will and Your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.